So, you know, if we don't got it we in don't, under the wire, pretty if sure. If we don't finish this book today, I'm quitting. Right. No, I agree. Like, this is ridiculous. We spent four months on this book. Is, is it been it? four months? It's the best. Okay, movie. every two weeks we're on part eight. Every every two weeks we're on part eight. I'm pretty yeah. sure we've skipped so, sometimes though, like like three weeks. Right, for sure. Hey. We've been pretty consistent recently for once. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Good. welcome to Pandemic Central. Yep. My Podcasting is the only thing down. that's safe anymore because we're all in like different areas. Like we're mm-hmm. closed off from each other. Right. Yeah. If you've got the virus, shake a hand. Wait. Uh Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. We're a member of the Broken Jars Network, and we're totally. We're the reason it escaped because the jar broke. Hey, how happy! How happy is Justin that he works remote? Oh, pretty happy, but I'm still sick. (laughs) I was going to say he's the only sick one out of all of us, (laughs) right? So I there I haven't been tested, have no idea, but you know the the wife works at Starbucks and you Mm. know brought home at least a severe cold, if not something related. So. It's it's been fun the last ten days, and luckily I work from home and I have no friends and no life, so this is as much social interaction as I get most days. And can infect people over destiny, right? Correct. Yeah. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as I as I told EG earlier, I've got a firewall, man. I'm I'm safe from all you guys. So uh-huh. you know, but we're in we're in part eighty nine hundred and fifty six. Uh, <laughs> Of skin game, right? Yeah. We're in skin game. We're yes. at the end, the very don't, bitter end. We're worry, starting gentle. at chapter forty-five, and there's like fifty-three or something chapters. Like, don't worry, yeah. gentle viewers. The book ends today. Yeah. yeah, eight chapters will be a stretch. So I guess we should stop screwing around. Um, yes. So there was a Dresden drop. It, there was another short story from Kincaid and uh, Ivy. Well, Kincaid's sto- perspective, right? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Kincaid and Ivy um minor spoilers it does have to do with changes so you know it's, it's kind of relevant and kind of important um do we want to argue about that one i didn't read it you didn't oh oh my god read it right now it's like no, it's, two no, no, pages we'll push it back we'll do it next time and then we get okay to... All right, next we'll time is our missing 100th episode because it's been, it's been missing it'll remain missing <laughs> well but next time is the potentially the trailer thing or that got pushed back because of the con got pushed back i can't remember okay so that's one of the other news pieces if you if you haven't kept up on every single thing uh emerald comic con uh canceled right they they decided not to do it jim canceled first i don't know if the whole con canceled but lots of cons have canceled so my my understanding was like i i'm pretty sure priscilla had put out a thing that they were trying to get refunds to people so Mm. i'm i'm pretty sure they had postponed it and then they were going to have to see if Jim was going to be able to make it back because, you know, it's later in the year and who knows. But that's what I remember reading. Emerald so, City's going to shoot for the summer. They're going to premiere it at Planet Comic Con instead in Kansas City. Right. Okay. There you go. So, yeah, I don't know what Those that... Those who assume this will be over by summer. Well, I mean, it's not necessarily that it's going to be over so much as it's going to, I guess they hope it's going to have slowed down enough that all the new people can get infected (laughs) yeah that way not everyone you know the whole point is not that because the idea is apparently they're projecting at least half the country is going to eventually get it the idea is just not to do it all at once so we don't all you know 
over text. Half the cut. I mean, we're projecting like ten percent. They said somewhere between seventy and one fifty because they have no idea what it's going to be. See, this is always the problem with uh, pandemic is that those northern countries are more resistant to the superbugs. So, like, nobody lives there. Well, that too. I mean, there's huge open spaces covered by cold ground. Like, the virus can't just get into people. So, <laughs> sorry, Plague Inc. was the one I was thinking of, not uh, Pandemic's a different game. You're the good guys in Pandemic. So, all right. So, are we, so, we're not going to talk about the short story? Apparently not. Okay. Okay. Uh, we took so, all that short story time and we talked about the plague instead so yeah, yeah. uh so chapter 45 is starting with the fight uh gray is just immediately going straight up through the genosqua now that he's been able to reveal himself as the uh pretend villain we are so we already covered the whole backstory right and what's happening yeah and then we ended with game over yes okay yeah game over man and then yeah i i kind of dig the fact that gray is just like i'm a i'm a tackle big ugly you know mm -hmm. and he just goes all in and be like yeah hey tiny come here <laughs> so and then of course he becomes a weird big ugly himself well, in order I, to eat the thing but it's it struck me as a similar you know kind of form as the nagloshi from before mm -hmm. as well right you know yeah. so it's like, just in case you haven't put it together, he looks the fucking same, you know? So with his like half monkey, half whatever beast form, so. Yeah, not that Dresden figures it out until much later, but right. you can see the hand. Yeah, well, he right. needs it spelled out for him. <laughs> Is that a wizard joke? He needs it spelled out for him. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, uh, Michael. So you're Dresden giving it to the people for something <laughs> who have no <laughs> Yum. <laughs> Michael is going to beat on Nick, and uh, Harry is going to go after Lashiel, right? God, He's going to get gone. I, I, yeah, I think he was trying to to meet me, and then Lashiel's like, excuse me, lover, we have some unfinished business. <laughs> so, And he's like, stop with the lover stuff. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Asher is basically going with the thing of pour a whole bunch of fire on him, and he can't keep up, which probably would have worked, and Lashiel would have helped a whole bunch but he did his force ring spell on his staff 77 times and he unleashed that on her and she went like through walls mm. into a giant pile of bunch of delicate things and the fire that she's wearing basically caught them on fire and all of a sudden the statues start moving and talking and weird shit right intruder alert intruder <laughs> alert Yes, the statue that looks like Molly and Michael's like, hmm. <laughs> Not a good thing. Totally unrelated. Pay no attention. Yes. She just has one of those faces. <laughs> all right. Michael and Nicodemus are going all out. Michael's not holding back anything, and a good big man is going to beat a good small man, according to Dresden. Mm -hmm. And he almost does. He drives Nicodemus down to his knees, essentially, and the only reason that he didn't kill him is because Nicodemus put the Holy Grail right in front of him as a shield. He blocks with the Grail. It's like, oh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> that and would totally Michael, work. <laughs> Michael cares about the Grail. So, right. yes, he stops. So and, he, like, sprains his back trying not to fucking finish the swing, you know? Right. Yeah. But Harry tries, does the same thing. Nicodemus is like, do you really want to break this? Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
because Harry kind of hedges the fact that Nicodemus actually also wants to preserve it. So, oh yeah, so I Nicodemus mean, shields it I with his body, right? And, so, and I also he, think he doesn't. He care. doesn't care, <laughs> right? Like he cares enough to know that they're important, but he's got four of them, and it's like, oh, right, yeah. Well, not not to mention Nicodemus. he's he's probably got it somewhere in the back of his lizard brain that it's like, look, if this is meant to be, something's going to stop me anyway, right? Like. He he knows he's he gets he gets it. He doesn't necessarily ascribe to it, but he gets the whole like obviously he's seen Michael just like no shit. And he's seen Sonya just be like, okay, I'm here with a van to save the burning building when I fucking needed to be. So like there are things that he just he's seen empirically, but yeah, like at the same time, he's not gonna be manipulated, you know, which is one of it was the same thing with Cassius. It was great, you know, be like <laughs> it's lucky for you that they're good men. Unfortunately for you, I am not. Yes. Harry uh, calls the bluff, and Nicodemus does protect the grail with his body, and he gets the iceberg instead. Right. And then he just flies away somewhere. Like you do with a demon shadow puppet Yeah, that that flies. Uh, Michael had gotten injured in his leg, and Harry was like, how does a leg feel? He says, I've had worse. It's only a flesh wound. Yeah, come on, get up, you pansy. Huh? Oh, you were quoting the movie. What movie? Holy Grail. Nicodemus still has it. Yeah. (laughs) Very carefully, could you only do that? That's ridiculous. Right. And then Michael needs it to be spelled out to him that Gray is on their side, and he didn't actually kill Anna Belmont. But still, I don't care for the man. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Yeah, and then they're going to, like, limp away but i think lashiel then comes up again and says no you're not allowed to go right right okay and harry notices Plus they the, trip the failsafe of the uh yeah he notices the bouncers coming in the scrub bubble death things that he describes i i just envisioned lord of the rings with the spirits where it was like mm-hmm. a, the failsafe is we unleashed all those murderous spirits and they get 15 minutes of playtime have fun <laughs> you know like yeah. I mean, he calls out like that is the scrub bubble of undeath from the Lord of the Rings movie right. is what he's picturing. It's, oh, yeah, there it's you probably go. So right. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gray and Michael are going to limp out, and this is when he has the showdown with Asher Lashiel, and he's basically is just defending. He's just she's throwing hellfire at him, and he throws it up into the ceiling, and pointing out that she's really not very smart for doing all of this in a confined space. Right. He's actually trying to save her. Like, yeah. Well, we see yeah. how easy he actually just like takes her out. He was actually trying to convince her. Right. Which is not. I mean, usually when it comes to when he's in mortal danger, it's not usually that. It's like, okay, fine. I'll defend myself and do it for real. Right. So he. I guess he felt bad for her. Well, and those those are what really sell the scene, right? Is that you know he really does talk her through, like, look, I I know a bit of what you've been through, I know what you had to experience, and all this other stuff, and it doesn't have to be this way. While pretty much effortlessly beating this, you know, archangel, well, not maybe not archangel, but this angel, this fallen angel, in a wizard duel, and even even Last Shield doesn't catch on to what's going on, you know, because she's so laser focused into what's going on. So he, he gives her her one chance and she decides to keep pushing it. And he says, <laughs> you know, look up. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, he does do a good attempt at what Michael does of like 
these people are lying to you and you don't have to play their game. Right. And uh, when he describes how well Lashiel can just lie to her about everything, she says, well, she doesn't do that, not to me. What right. makes her think that she's so special? Right. But that's part of her immaturity. <laughs> yeah, be like, man, if we had 15 more minutes, I'd tell you the story about how she, how she was my fake girlfriend for a couple of days. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, who even knows what, what Asher has had to deal with, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think he calls that out, too, of, like, everything that he's saying, Lashio can be twisting into her own illusion because there's nothing stopping her from being able to do that. Right. Or even just having her worm tongue it, you know, be like, mm -hmm. you know, nope, that's a lie. That's the thing. And, you know, it, it comes down to, you know, I don't want to get too philosophical to derail it, but it comes down to like, she chose her truth. Right. So Lashio is the truth sayer and Dresden's the, the yeah. liar. And for us, it's the other way around, you know, so she paid for it ultimately, you know, so all of the hellfire he's directing up into a single point of the stone ceiling and it drops in a molten pile of terribleness onto them. Lashiel did seem to un like catch right before it was going to happen what was going to happen, but may not have been, definitely wasn't fast enough and may not give her anything now. Right. So yeah, so the, the age-old question for the tropes in us is, did she die on screen? Or because we didn't see the actual body, is she like under a shield under the rubble and we'll have to deal with her again? So. Right. Like if <laughs> the coin was somewhere protected by Asher's body, is she going to come back? Well, I'm I'm taking it a step further. Not even the coin, because the coin almost certainly survived, right? And, and I think Michael and Harry believe that, that there's like three coins in Hades' vault now, which is hopefully a hell of a lot more sturdy than the church's vault. If but... you throw a coin into a volcano... Eh. Eh. Flaming rocks, less volcano. So. She, she made lava. Irrelevant. It's a magic yeah. coin. Right. I'm not saying and, you can't come back. And it wasn't forged in the fires of said lava rocks, which is really the key takeaway of the Ring of yeah. Doom. Not, not just like you could have just thrown the one ring into any old pit. Yeah. Of fire either. And I mean, it had to be a specific one. It's also pretty much like the only volcano in Middle Earth, but you know, so they didn't it, have it seemed to be to specific, right? So because any other kind of fire was irrelevant anyway. So yeah, I don't know. I'm mostly taking it from the fact that it's like, do you think, you know, Lashiel could have gotten her out of there, you know, even still. Um, mm. Asher's so. gone. Lashiel may come back. Right. That's what yeah, I said. There is, there is a possibility it could be delayed till book 20 because Hades right. is whatever is more whatever, but I'm sure we'll see the two Ursiel and Lashiel again at some point. Right. And, and what's, what's crazy about that too, right? Because they, they kind of have discussed multiple times that like the point of the coins is to be in circulation. And so it makes me wonder like, okay, so Hades vault is mostly, I mean, we've seen the efforts that go into it literally in this book, right? So is there going to be some kind of crazy bank heist from hell to break them out? Or do they have some kind of back channel way to go to Hades and be like, Hey, you know, it's me, your boy, Lucy, uh, you know, I just want to see if I can get those coins out of here because, you know, we have unfinished business. Like, I I think that'd be a hell of a side story. You know? Yeah, um, so. that would be fun. I expect Hades would tell them to fuck off and they can try to break in just the way that they could for the grail. Sure. But it, I imagine that similar sort of negotiation would have happened if Michael had died down there, that Uriel would have gone to try to get him. So mm. I'm sure that people could ask from Hades and return for favors or whatever they have to stick by. 
uh, but depending on the context of the item, you might have to break your way through. Right. Well, because part part of it too, though, is you know, for whatever reason, these items seem to have to have been broken out, right? Mm -hmm. and, and part of it is because it's a vault. But at the same time, I think you know, if if the argument is made that it's like you know, these coins are essential to the ultimate balance, and if you keep them, then you're thwarting that balance and you're doing something akin to like when summer and winter you know one of them has two mm. mantles instead of one and you're fucking up the global balance like that's why i'm thinking there might be some back channel way i'm not saying he's just gonna like hand them over but i it'd be curious to see how that's handled like i could see it both ways right like on the one they go and say you know like yes i've racked up these favors or i need to go do a fetch quest or whatever it is and then on the other hand it's like no you know, Satan and the boys get back together for one last heist, you know, or, or they just sit out, you know, this round, like it just, it doesn't get answered in this millennia. We got to wait till the next fulcrum is in play because that seems to be a thing that Jim's doing as well as that there are cycles, you know, yeah. so. I mean, it is still an armory. There are more things in that vault. So it could be when the BAT, but like, okay, everything goes to try to right. help. Right. Yeah. The, the, you know, on our way to actual hell, we've got to stop off in Hades to to weapon up a little bit, <laughs> you know, and pick up a couple of allies that we'd rather not see again. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that could work. Right. Okay. Okay. Harry is depressed that he killed Asher, and Michael is trying to pull him out of the vault. Uh, but Harry's also getting a headache, which means that the earring is about to fail, and they're running out of time. Uh. Gray appears. Okay, I was wrong when I said earlier they weren't limping together yet, uh, oh. and he's all like jumbled because of this fight with the Janosqua, who got smart and shifted down, so the jaws slipped, and Gray is all injured and stuff, and he can't say artifacts. <laughs> um, Thingamajig. What is this? He says like it's she has your art of art of it toys. Toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ursiel is coming and he needs a distraction and Dresden's the only one who's still put together. So now Michael and Gray limp outside and Harry's gonna fight with the big ugly. Right. He's going to parkour. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. And it's they start by making a giant mess because it's huge and he can't see anything. So he's uh, the Janosqua is just strewing all loud shiny things all, all across the floor which harry eventually realizes is so he can pinpoint where harry is right because that's one of the things gray was able to do you know was to blind him during their mm -hmm. fight so now he's a big blind but a very keen hearing apparently still yeah he's still a predator he's still very capable um but if he wants to see he has to be ursial if he wants to be just a janosqua then he is blind mm. There's some fuegoing and a lot of insults going Boy, around. And then <laughs> Harry realizes he's being predated and he's probably upwind from the Janosqua. Right. <laughs> Janosqua says, I'm going to drink your blood like a bottle of pop. And uh, I think Harry essentially just decides to go with it, uh, makes big loud noise and runs towards a gate of ice and uses a thaumaturgy to lift the handle once more so all of the tumblers are going around 
in the pattern that's so dangerous again. Now he is parkouring. Not thaumaturgy. He did venta servitas again, didn't he, or something uh, like that? Because thaumaturgy is, you know, voodoo. I thought I, I used that word because I thought of he was making a connection to it in order to move it, but yeah, maybe you're right. It, I don't think it actually says what spell he used. He just made sure that it was lifted. Gotcha. He used the force. Something, like all yes. Mm-hmm. So Harry always has to use words when he's doing spells, but Asher doesn't seem to have to do that ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not always clear when incantations are being used and stuff like that, and I, I figure that's the writer's choice, you know, but um, it could be it could be something, the fact that mostly Lashiel was doing it, you know, and, and angels don't have to use incantations because they don't have to protect the gray matter, you know, so. Um, maybe Lashiel was helping her protect her own gray matter and whatnot, but she was only using Hellfire when she revealed that she had Lashiel, but right. and when she's like turning her finger into a welding torch or something. Right. Nothing. I don't know. Hmm. Right. Could it um, could be an important clue about warlockness too, because I'm trying to think like most warlocks we've seen don't have incantations, right? I mean, Mavra may not have the same limitations. She didn't seem to have any kind of problem when she was summoning the the dark fire or whatever. Um, I mean, that's I guess that's not entirely true because like some of the warlocks we've seen when they're doing rituals, obviously the rituals still have incantations. Because mm -hmm. um, I was thinking of like Victor and, and yeah, whatever. I mean, Victor uses yeah. words. Uh, the uh, porn actress cult. They right. use words. Mm -hmm. It's really, I but mean, those I mean, were during ritual. So, anyone, well, we've never, who, what warlock have we seen throwing around magic like this other than Asher? Aristides, did he have to do any things for his speed and nonsense i'm just i'm right now i'm trying Probably to catalog all the warlocks we've seen so but it's ghost story so who the hell knows <laughs> you you read that one time that was too many um the other one word. like kravos he had some stuff but it was mostly demon related again so it's a summoning ritual like and by the time he was doing anything he was dead so different rules fair yeah i mean the others mavra ariana they're not warlocks they're vampires Right, right. Good points. Yeah. So. Hmm. Or maybe. So um, Asher Harry's was a vampire. A got it. <laughs> Imperfect narration, or you know. Yeah. He's a vampire. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Sometimes there's no need to just do it. It's just implied. Right. But whatever it is. All right. So like. So they are running through the very dangerous puzzle of tumbler ice things of the gate of ice and. Harry's more or less protected from the cold because he's the winter night, but the Genosqua is being forced to slow down. Uh, it, you know, it's just the way that cold works on a biological body. Mm. And they, Harry brings up two past events in this description. Like he says, I know something of how large things move. They don't corner well. And bringing up the way that Lashio had uh, helped him see in the darkness by basically recreating an outline everything that um, was going on in the full moon garage and how the Ursio might be doing that same thing to the Genosqua, but he's not paying attention or not able to see that there is a giant house-sized block of ice about to drop down and squish him to death. Right. Yeah. And then he uh, gets crushed like a beer can uh, and all of the grinders that are around are just kind of like making him jelly. Right. Makes a grand old mess. Oh, yeah. 
Now we've got two gates of blood. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's rejoined with Michael and Gray and Valmont, and they are going to try to get out, but that is going to be the only way out of the underworld, so they know to expect Nicodemus is going to try, because otherwise he's going to be trapped down there too. Right. But it doesn't stop him from fucking that up, so. Yeah. <laughs> be ready for anything except the for thing that. we're ready about is happening anyway right gray looks at dress and it's like oh my god you didn't get any loot how the hell are you gonna pay me <laughs> but also you need to realize no one ever got binders share right and that's the angers okay so as they get into the real world vault and he's just about to uh, disappear the way and the black shadow that is Nicodemus comes through and they're all taken by surprise somehow. Right. <laughs> Be prepared for anything. Oh, like what that. the fuck was that? <laughs> I swear there's so many better ways to do it. Right. <laughs> Close it as you're going through. That way at least if you get stuck, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Put your fucking shield in front of it, dude. Like, Yeah, um, that's a good one. Yeah. Have the sword of holy light blazing right. in front of it. Right. So Nicodemus is at the door of the vault and he breaks off the handle at the base and says to Dresden, from one father to another, well played. And Harry's freaking out, but the door vault is locked and now they can't get out. But uh, Anna Valmont is on it and she's going out with her tool roll and she's going to do magic things and Harry just won't let her focus. Uh, how could he know that... Uh, Harry was a father, and Michael says, well, you told him when you were taunting him about Deidre. And also, he said her fucking name. Right. Okay. Dipshit. <laughs> right. It's called Operational Security Dresden. Look it up. Yeah. So, to be fair, uh, he's, he's got absolutely zero uh, ability to keep it. It's like, how many? <laughs> when he first found out he has a daughter, and he's all like, this is precious information. How many people now know? Mm. Like, so a dozen. Many. The yeah. first thing he did after uh, freaking out was go to Max and tell yep. Mac everything. Mm-hmm. He's not very good with this secret. Yeah, but Mac is neutral, and it's Mac. Come on now. It's irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So now the goal is getting to Michael's family and house in general to make sure that they're not burned to death inside. Uh, Anna is doing weird things with... Uh, it's a torch, welding torch. That's the word. And she hands a screwdriver to Gray and says, I need an L shape. And he just bends it. Right. Like with no need for like any preparation whatsoever. Just bends the screwdriver. <laughs> and but Gray also uh taunts dreads in a little bit. It's like, should that way be open right there? And there's a giant cyclops that's just kind of peering through. It's like, yeah. Hmm. Nice. okay they're kind of trying to make a plan of how to get to the carpenter house michael wants to go with dresden but his leg is hurt so he can't do much but they can't really do much until they get past binder anyway in terms of figuring things out uh michael give tries to give amarakius to harry and he doesn't really want to take it because he thinks he's going to break it in the same way that karen did Mm -hmm. Michael says, you're making the same mistake that Nicodemus has, the same one that Karen did. 
you think the critical world word in the phrase sword of faith is sword. And right. Gray's looking at Michael with a very weird expression. But, so they get out of the vault finally, and all of the goons left are pointing their guns straight at them, and Binder is kind of behind a door, very pissed off, because Nicodemus had just told him that Dresden had killed Asher and betrayed them all, and, and Deirdre and everything. So, even though Harry immediately wants to lie and say that Asher's going to be right behind them, he does tell Binder the truth and say that she's dead, that she forgot rule number one and took one of right. the coins. Yep, and and I mean, it's it's such a great appeal to Binder's character because like it comes up like four or five times in the story, like what's at what's uh, what's Binder's rule number one, what's Binder's rule number two, what you know it. <laughs> And even rule number one's quoted like three times and it like completely diffuses the situation. And then Binder kind of like laughs it off. It's like the lads have been out of ammo for, for a while anyway. Yeah. He like, you know, it was all a bluff anyway, but. Yeah, good one, but. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Binder doesn't really believe Dresden though until he goes and asks Michael, is that really what happened? And he describes Lashiel was with Asher, Nicodemus murdered Deirdre, and then they were all uh, trying to kill the rest of them, the ones that had survived. Uh, Dresden contracted me before Nicodemus did, says Gray, because otherwise Binder was like, but why did you turn? Right. And as soon as Gray says that, uh, Binder's like, oh, okay, that explains it, and like right. calms down. Yeah, it's like, check, check, check. You know, it's one of the nice things about Binder's having all these rules, right? Like, you know, Dre Dresden remembered his rules. He knows that Michael's not going to lie about it. And he knows that Binders or uh, Gray is not going to lie about it and, you know, sticks to the contract. So the fact that Dresden pulled one over on Nicodemus makes everything gravy, you know, so. All right. So now when they're trying to get out of the whole building, uh, Binder kind of says that well, there's a whole bunch of crazy dead uh, Vikings in Valkyrie probably, but they kind of skedaddled once things got too much attention. Like one of the floors upstairs is on fire for some reason and the fire trucks and the police are finally starting to arrive. But the weather's turned foul. There's a heavy fog coming from the lake and it, everything's covered in sleet ice and uh, some evil handsome old bloke hexed all the street lights and spotlights out. <laughs> right. All right. Nicodemus had just flown out, leaving Binder to rot. Um, and the bit about the money, how true is that? And Valmont says, like, we've got one backpack and we can all split it. So that's the plan. They all link hands, and Harry tries his best to do a veil and get them out. Foggily. Oh, you know, he does what he can. Yeah. <laughs> His weird limitations with it is like he can just kind of blur their images and they all have to be touching for it to go around. But they got a couple blocks away until Michael's leg couldn't keep up and he had to drop the chain essentially. And then he, Harry was saying, okay, everyone else split up or well, Belmont and Binder say everyone should split up and he wants to listen to the crime people because that's what they're doing. <laughs> right. That Michael's going to get to a phone and warn Charity and Harry starts running down the streets in order to get to the carpenter house. And Greg can keep pace. Uh, and then he just eventually says, try not to clench up. Says, huh? And Gray says, parkour or something, throws him up into the air. And then as Harry's coming down, he lands on a horse. You're out of nowhere. And in all of this the panic. This is where Harry figures out how, like, 
shapeshifter magic works. Yeah, like in the middle of one of the worst crises he's dealt with in the past year or two, uh, he's like, oh, that's how magic works. I should have figured that out a long time ago. <laughs> it's a good thing Gray couldn't talk, so he probably would have insulted him some more. <laughs> well, he does snort he just, at him. He, uh, he, um, he, he compares it to what he thought normal shapeshifting would be versus what Gray does, which is something essentially completely different. But then at the same time, He's like, oh, okay. He hadn't really done it. He's, you know, he's he's also using Ecto and all that stuff. Later on, he finds out. I figured that would have been exactly what was supposed to happen if ectoplasm. Yeah, I, I would, kind of I would imagine that's how it listens to wind and puts on extra mass too. Right, or sure gets rid of it. Like when listens to wind wants to become a bird, it, you can't be a very dense, heavy bird. Mm-hmm. So you have to. It has to go somewhere. Right. I don't know. Exactly the way I thought it would. Maybe I've just read this book too many times. All right. But Gray basically is uh, running as fast as a horse possibly can, skating on ice most of the time, jumping over pedestrians and mailboxes and freaking everyone out. Uh, they get to the same place where Karen crashed her latest car, and they spin through uh, an intersection, go towards a house, and Gray basically takes all of the impact on him. So Harry is only a little dazed right but gray has like broken several bones and is bleeding and wheezing not in a good place usually the blood's supposed to stay on the inside but his isn't mm-hmm. all there it's it's terrible yeah the, the description though of like his chest is grossly misshapen uh and even as he watched he inhaled and a couple of ribs seemed to expand back towards their more natural shape that has got to be so incredibly painful. <laughs> right. The things I do for rent money, which he mm. never describes. Okay. And now they're heading toward, or Harry is leaving Gray, heading towards the carpenter house and hiding himself because he's not going in there for a fight. He's going in there to try to rescue. So he goes into the back uh, yard and goes to what he thinks is going to be more safe knocks on the door a little bit, announces himself, then looks back at the door, and Charity has a coach gun in his face. What's a coach gun? Probably a shotgun. S- double S- barrel. One of those. Yeah. So why not say a shotgun? He's He does that all the time, because in, um, in Grave Peril, they get attacked by a dude with a riot gun, and they call mm-hmm. him riot guns in multiple places, and it's like, I mean, okay, you know, that might be their intended function in some places, and that may be whatever. I, th- I think it's ultimately, it, it's two things. One, he's admitted that he's not very good with guns. Like, he doesn't, it's not like he reads guns in Ammo Magazine before he writes or anything, so he tries to keep it vague. And two, it adds to the noir feel. You know, calling okay. it a coach gun, calling it a riot gun, that's probably what they would have referred to him, you know, in the era. Yeah. Versus, you know, it's it's probably uh, a Remington, you know, 870, you know, something like that. Okay. It may be a Mossberg, you know, because it's it's modern it's modern times. And those are like the two most common shotguns you're going to find in most houses are, you know, a Remington 870 or a Mossberg 500. Those are the ones that you commonly see on TV and and whatever else, you know, like uh, so. But, Although, to uh, be fair, she does have a 1911 Colt on her hip. So as she should. Well, it, but since, you know, 1911, that shit's been around long enough that it it's still noir because, you know, it's it's old enough. But. No, that's my point is that it's the gun could be older, too. Right. Mm-hmm. But he calls it a twin barrel. And let's face it, how many times do you just want to hear shotgun? It's a different name. It's something interesting. Yeah. Sure. 
Yeah. My lack of knowledge about guns has made me think maybe it's something more specific and special. Nah, it's it's probably it's it's like what you'd imagine Ebenezer has in his in his truck <laughs> is what I envision. It's it's a shorter double barrel. I can't think of a, another kind of movie that has one without getting super crazy. Like I guess Secondhand Lions comes to mind because they are older and have an older double barrel shotgun. But there are some others that you see it. The only person persons that usually get any kind of focus on their gun is it's it expands a little bit with harry like they get a little bit more specific with harry in the later books but murphy she, mm -hmm. all of her toys start to get identified much later on we get sig as her manufacturers we figure out that it's a p90 because what the hell else would it be you know stuff like that but even like kincaid's toys for the most part are it's it's one of those like uh little foreign guns that you know sounds like a mosquito when you shoot it or whatever you know like his, his stuff isn't isn't well described it's either it's tactical it's a semi-auto it's whatever so he just he doesn't focus on it you know it's it's a it's a magic book it's not monster hunter international so mm -hmm. but he's not paying attention i know right it was <laughs> i dangled the hook i even put it in my mouth and he's right like, nah. <laughs> okay uh Charity doesn't blow his brains out, though, and gets him into the house. Uh, the kids are upstairs in the panic room, as they should be. Uh, Butters is there, Mouse is hanging around, and Uriel has an apron on and some pancake flowers staining his shirt. <laughs> he looks very vulnerable, but he really wants to fight, and Charity is like, darn it, get safe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Does he have the knife yet, or is that later? Yes, that's yeah. later. Okay. Oh, he does? Okay. Um, yeah. Butters holds a shotgun like he's a two-year-old, and he holds a knife like he's an expert in warfare, because he is. Right. He, he says, I was fighting wars when this planet was nothing but expanding gases. And Harry says, you also didn't leak and die if someone poked a <laughs> hole in you. Right. <laughs> so, but I can help. Help what? We don't need pancakes. Right. <laughs> First of all, what situation is not made better by pancakes, including a siege? Right. That's a good point. <laughs> Uriel has been promoted to bard. His media of choice is pancakes. <laughs> so please help our morale by making more delicious pancakes. I really and like this. Not idea. getting poked and dying. This is a great idea. <laughs> All right. Um, so Harry tells Mouse to stay with Uriel, and Mouse is like, woof, of course I am. Of course he's going to do that. The more I listen to this ending, the more I think this is actually Mouse's victory. Uh, whatever later um <laughs> oh okay we did not follow <laughs> you <laughs> it, we will. later yeah all right um because we are finishing this fucking book right two hours here we come <laughs> all right so butters is counting people he thinks there's about 16 uh they want to stay away from the windows the police should already be on their way except they're also going to be responding to the capristi building that is on fire and robbed um Harry teases Charity about, oh, so you know how to use guns, too. She says she prefers hammers and axes. <laughs> she doesn't really get a chance to use the gun, though. The first time they uh, try to storm the place, she gets grabbed by uh, squires, and they're not able to act on much. Butters, I think, empties everything that he had straight out a door, even though it didn't hit many people. Only, like, Shocking. one person got hurt. And then he clicked the gun like a bunch of times and Harry had to tell him to reload because he's a fucking moron. Yeah, pretty much. Meanwhile, Uriel comes out and just kills the squire like it's no big deal. Yeah, he just like 
comes out of shadows. The guy's dead with a slit throat and Uriel goes away. For all of the effort that Uriel went into to try to save them, he also did not hesitate to kill someone without giving them a chance. Well, at that point, there was no chance. No. He's, he's still a human. So. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't have a coin. They're not being manipulated in that way. There's, and he's a human now, so he can basically do what he wants. Hmm. I mean, he kills a human being. He couldn't do that if he was an angel. I agree with that. Okay. Uh, looking outside, Nicodemus is there. Tessa is there as well, and she looks terrible, uh, like she's a concentration camp survivor. She has charity and is going to force charity to watch the house burn down with all the children inside. And they have Molotov cocktails, and they're just about to turn it down or burn it down. Um, Harry's about to do things, uh, and then the earring burst, and he is incapacitated on the ground in pain, unable to do anything but curl in a fetal position and cry. Yeah, it's convenient. <laughs> <laughs> it's called drama. Yeah, it's plot. Right. Problems. It's it's usually the one of those kinds of annoying things where it's like, okay, I'm not going to say that in like the history of the multiverse, this is never ever going to happen, but like come on <laughs> like there couldn't have been another moment there couldn't have been another action that happened in that moment you know something no, so we have to have a hero come to the forefront and that hero is ray sky i mean butters <laughs> butters um, is awesome by the way don't you guys agree yes he is one of my favorites you He's are not like derailing my, no we're finishing the book my don't top start. three <laughs> the lightsaber inspired so yeah it's amazing. All right. So uh, Butters is freaking out, trying to get Harry to do something, um, but Harry cannot do anything. Eventually, he just grabs the uh, spell-protected duster, puts it on, and it's way too big for him, but he's much more protected than Harry ever was. He tells Bob to help him from as much as he can access the duster, but if anything happens, then go back to the skull and tell happy things to Andy. But why isn't she there? Why isn't any of the wolves there? Because Andy is Andy is Daphne. She serves no purpose oh, no. other than to get hurt or captured. <laughs> and to be smoking hot redhead. Wow. Which is like one of the most sorry. Anyway. <laughs> and Bob tries to convince Butters not to do the stupid thing that's gonna get him killed. Uh, but he has to do something because otherwise everyone's gonna die. Everyone's gonna die if he goes out and does it anyway. Um, and he goes out, he does a pretty good show of like mind fogging some of them, doing a little bit as he could, but he does get knocked down and Bob skedaddles. And no one is paying any more attention to charity because Butter has taken all of the attention. Harry gets the idea of the, the Fetalachius was nearby, so he goes and grabs it and tosses it to charity. There's way more words than needed for that description, but because <laughs> well, we need to know in agonizing detail that like, like doesn't she bobble it and drop it? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so is it mostly like there's like four paragraphs of his decision 
to grab the hill to feed Alakius and throw it to her. It's just right. a little long, but um, it, it was a perfect moment. He threw it right at her. This is the thing with that one person that it's going to work and she misses it. And it goes straight into Waldo Butters' upper, upraised hand. He's so depressed. Like, like a lightsaber. Yes. Oh, wait. Sorry, I keep spoiling it. Spoilers. <laughs> All right. But at the time that everyone is looking at Butters, Mouse is coming up around one of the large vans and is hiding. And the only thing that's paying attention to Mouse is Anduriel. This is kind of right. what I meant. Like, this right. is like. Because Mouse's he knows. Victory. He knows baby brother. So he's like, uh, guys, did anybody notice the really big angry dog? Guys? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the thing uh, that has freaked out Anduriel in the past was Mouse. That was right. pretty much the only thing. So uh, Butters is getting up and he's saying, oh, Mr. Where I come from, there is no try. And Mouse has scared Anduriel so much and some of the squires. That is one of the reasons that they fled. Mm. Butters is a very nice, like, attention grabbing thing. Mouse is the reason that they had to flee. That's funny. I did not put that to together. That. Yeah. But he still gets a fucking lightsaber and he drives off Nicodemus. He does get a lightsaber. And Nicodemus was very surprised. But if Mouse wasn't there, he probably would have still tried to kill Butters. God damn it, Mouse. <laughs> you saved Butters inadvertently. <laughs> well, actually, it was probably inadvertently. It was on purpose, but still. Good job, Mouse. Good boy. You get a treat. All right. Mm. And then, uh, you know, Butter's saying, like, it's over. And all of the squires are putting down their weapons. And I think Jordan is crying. And Uriel looks really happy and self satisfied. Harry's about to lose his brains, but uh, you can kind of hear uh, sounds of winter winds or something. And he says that Molly is there. And he's is unconscious. It, isn't Winds of Winter the book we're waiting on? <laughs> one of them just yeah okay and doors of stone <laughs> one is more likely than the other yeah which one which Especially one at this point the one that's actually going to be written in which one is that is actually that one doors of mm. stone <laughs> how long have we been waiting for that one about as, as long as winds of winter i don't think i think about as long actually um whatever I'll look it up later. <laughs> Got him right in the nerd. You could feel the little heartbreak and everything. Yeah, the angst. Um, yeah. All right, so Harry wakes up looking at a colorful cartoon pony on the ceiling above him. Mouse is sleeping on his feet, and therefore he cannot feel them. But uh, he's kind of trying to move and wishes he hadn't done that, and Mouse exfoliates him with his enthusiasm. But he goes gets Molly, and... Molly looks different than she had before. Instead of like wearing old jeans and sandals, she's now like wearing slacks and a blouse and all professional looking. She has uh, a job now. Yeah. Great. Seems to be going very well for her. Um, and her hair is pale, just a like pale blonde instead of all crazy colors. Um, and she seems very emotional, but uh, the parasite is fine. It is now in the wooden skull that he had carved for Bob. It was a tough delivery, Molly said, but she, and she's very tired, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, Molly says things like, it's traditional to have a home of your own before you keep adopting strays, because he has seriously gotten quite a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Am I to understand that we've adopted yet another pathetic life form? Good job. Um, 
Harry asks her, like, how are you holding up? And she says, it's been really interesting. It looks all very different from the inside. Like, okay, can you tell me about it? Can't, literally. <laughs> right. But she seems happy with it. She's not doing the crazy coquettish thing that Maeve had to do. She seems to just be upfront about the fact that she can't. It seems nice and interesting. Like maybe she's getting a handle on it. Or maybe not. No. She's uh, also still got of her creamy good soul bits for the moment. At least some of them. Some of it. <laughs> and, uh, Harry says, well, you didn't tell your parents about it, so now they think that you and I did bad things. And she <laughs> seems very uh, horrified, but also happy. <laughs> about, right. like, oh, that's what those looks are about. Um, but he will respect her choice. It's something that she is going to have to tell her parents. And at least Jim has said he cannot deny us that scene. He is going to have to write it at some point. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I've heard peace talks is when everything happens. So it's it's a pretty good word. It's a pretty smart guy that I know keeps saying stuff like that. So I don't know. That same smart guy seems to think butters is okay. So yeah. Like I said, impeccable. You know, genius. Molly knows that Mab is in town and she wants to have words with Mab about uh, keeping her away when Harry needed her. Um, and Harry's going to want to have some words with her too. But for now, he just has a, a, a shower, a barrage of painkillers, and then he rambles downstairs and sees all of the kids playing. Uh, Maggie is riding little Harry like a dinosaur, uh, and she is dinosaur cowgirl. And which one was it? Amanda? That was way too mm. tall and chasing them. Yeah, and we see Hope, who seems to be the smallest one, and she is the hobbit of the carpenters because he's really smart with his nicknames. Yeah, that wasn't his nickname. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they come up with their own nicknames? They did, but I'm just saying him by being Jim. Oh. Like, the smallest one is going to be called the hobbit, and her name happens, just happens to be Hope, so it kind of works. Gotcha. Versus like Alicia being called Leech and she didn't like it. Well, would you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, basically, the that scene carpenter... made me feel really old. By the way, like how much time had passed since the last time we saw the Carpenter children and how much they had grown up, and I was like, okay, so each book is a year, and it's been pretty consistent in real time until the last, like now. Uh, yeah, and so. I was like, Man. The child born in grave peril is like prepubescent or like 12, 13 or something. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the carpenter house is very happy and she gets the kind of childhood that he would have given an arm for when he was growing up. Um, Molly says like there are crazy making moments too, but yeah, for the most part, it's, it's a lot like that. And she, Harry basically describes that he has a debt to her or to the carpenter house for what he is they have given his daughter but he goes into the kitchen uh with where other guests are michael and charity both have injured legs they're kind of like a matched set and both of them are uh, on prescription painkillers binder is in the middle of a story gesticulating with thick fingered hands and says so i looked at her and said that's not my pen love and michael is embarrassed and charity is laughing her ass off <laughs> uh Gray is outside because he won't come in the yard and said he didn't <laughs> want a, a, a share of the stones and he'd get the pay directly from Dresden. <laughs> right. 
There's professional, says Binder, and then there's just bloody odd. Valmont has divided all the stones by weight. Each box is the same. There's five shares, so everyone else can choose. And Michael isn't sure if he gets to have any, and Jerry just grabs one and says, yes, we can. We have a lot of uh, child college education college. to finance. Yep. To have, like, I don't know how many years she says, but it's a lot of years of college. Yeah, and, and, and several years. 23 and more years, she says. Several million dollars just about ought to cover like one or two of those kids. So, did Daniel go to college? Daniel went to the army, right? So, he could got to get to so they haven't sent anyone to college yet. They haven't said one way or the other, no. But he did say the kids have grown up and moved out, or that's why it was quieter earlier in the book. Yeah, uh, Daniel, so Molly, the next one would be Alicia Matthew, but wait, isn't Alicia here, right? Just there, hmm. but she'd be close to 18 by now wouldn't she so yeah close to college age she could be in college age actually so molly's what late 20s daniel's right behind her basically they had one kid a year after molly yeah and molly yeah like mid to late Mm -hmm. i was gonna say she's not that old I'm thinking like 26, 27 on the yeah, outside, in, but I'd have to check the timeline. Yeah, yeah well, no, I mean Molly, so, yeah, but I'm saying Alicia, she's not as quite as old as them. She, if Molly's somewhere between 25 and 27, and Daniel's somewhere between 21 and 24 at this point. Gotcha. I don't think Alicia's, you know, even 20, or but I, again, I don't think she's even 18 yet. Just so yet. Jim said somewhere, um, and I think maybe it was on the timeline as well, that, that after Molly, they had another child every like nine to 14 months so they're Crazy. all kind of yeah catholics well and yeah that for sure but <laughs> understanding the biology of that is like holy god that's fast um yes yeah the very so, very fertile little harry's the youngest isn't he mm-hmm. and, and he how old would he be because he was so because he like was book three now. and now we're in right. book 15 so he's like 12 right so i'm I'm, yeah i mean that's a 14 year spread across six kids right so yeah Mm. yeah it's about every two years two and a half i mean it's possible some have more gaps than others and whatever but i'm just saying it it doesn't yeah because it's it feels like daniel would be closer to the 24 mark then and then you know, honestly, that still puts a huge gap between Leach and Daniel if she's not even 18 yet. So yeah. she might be. Yeah, but I, she was the next oldest after Daniel. And then I think it was Matthew. Well, I mean, doesn't Molly make the comment that she still wears the uniforms? No, that's Amanda. Oh, Amanda's that's Amanda. the freak. Yeah. Okay. So then, then maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Gotcha. So Alicia's probably, yeah, gone. At least I think it's Amanda. God, I'm going to be embarrassed if all of these names are wrong. <laughs> The names seem right. It just yeah. Well, I know that he's like, and... <laughs> uh, was it Amanda or was it Alicia? I feel like I'm mixing them up into various things. But um, right. okay, continuing on with the loot, uh, Binder has the idea also of going to Marcone and paying him off so that they doesn't come after them for uh, crossing over into his territory. And Harry says that he'll do it, and Binder says, "Okay, just give us a good warning uh, if he's about to kill you." <laughs> right. <laughs> Perhaps the explosion from his death curse would be your warning. So. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> right. Probably. Uh, Belmont gets up and hugs Harry, and he makes a show of checking for his wallet, and she laughs and hugs him again and says, your things are in the closet of the room you were sleeping in. 
because even though she's a thief and she cares mm-hmm. and she's going to show everyone how to sell the stones slowly and quietly over time in order to get the money so harry goes out and speaks to gray and he's just waiting outside the gate like he has been for hours and he probably has maybe he's been there ever since they probably since he recovered done. from the crash yeah. and Harry says, I guess Vatarung was right about you. Gray's entertained and says, yeah, he's the one who would know, isn't he? Eventually, Harry asks, like, okay, so what are you? And Harry, or Gray does the weird eye thing change. And so it shows uh, slit pupils, uh, yellow color, almost too wide for a human's. And then he freaks out. He's like, oh, you're a Nagloshi. You couldn't figure that out before. That's great. Gray says, you didn't choose to be the son of Margaret Le Fay. You didn't choose the legacy she left you with her blood. She was a piece of work, kid. I knew her. My father was a piece of work, too. Right? But I choose how to live my life. So pay up. Right. Uh, he tells Harry an amount. And this is a lot like the scene in Cold Days, I feel, with Vaterung giving help for something that Harry has to rely on friends for. Because Harry doesn't have a dollar. He has to go inside and ask Michael right. to loan him one. For, Just like, I don't have a nickel. Molly has a nickel. Right. First, isn't it, wow, that much? Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, I don't have it on me. <laughs> so I believe you. Right. <laughs> and Uriel appears and he has his jet plane back. Uh, Harry basically lays out everything we kind of already know my uh, uriel was really moving it with mab and whatnot with trying to get various people's souls saved like the squires are offering a chance to nicodemus yeah and he repeats what michael said of some men fall from grace and some are pushed but when uh harry has been about to be killed by cassius snake boy in the museum butters was there to save him so it kind of makes sense for butters to get a lightsaber now doesn't it Right. Yeah. Doesn't he say that it's like, well, you were, you were up against like a, a former, um, mm-hmm. uh, Knight of the Denarius. So isn't it fair that I send an incipient Knight of the Cross? So mm-hmm. it seemed appropriate that he should be countered by an incipient Knight of the Cross. Don't you think? Right. And the sword breaking Harry asked, did you plan that too? Uriel says, I don't plan anything. I don't really do anything. Not unless one of the fallen crosses the line. Really? <laughs> Really, really. Uh, but Uriel likes Star Wars music, so lightsaber it is. Okay. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm Butters Skywalker. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, Molly and Harry track down uh, Marcone. And they also find that Mab is there. And they're looking at the building. And Molly says, that bitch! Because <laughs> it's the Brighter Future Society, which Mark- is the castle that Marcone built on the plot that was where Harry lived. <laughs> uh, knocks on the door. The door opens. And there's a Viking there. And Harry says, your name is Scaldi Skeldson. You know who I am. I'm here to see Marcone. And leads the Viking through the building to the conference room. Right. He's like, how do you, what the, <laughs> wizard, but also, you know, ghost story, that book you've only read one time. Wizard. All right, Mab is there, seated at one end of the table, and all in black, which is her aspect of judgment. 
people die when Mab shows up in black. Mm-hmm. And seated at her right hand, wearing charcoal gray suit, was Gentleman Johnny Marcone, the Baron of Chicago. All right. <laughs> Aerie says to Mab, you could have told me from the beginning. And she doesn't say anything, which is kind of like, why would I do that? <laughs> right. What fun would that have been for me? <laughs> right. Zero fun. And he breaks down how she was balancing the scales against Nicodemus because in small favor, he broke the accords in stealing Marcone. Marcone is also getting his revenge for his kidnapping. Uh, Harry doesn't say it, but it should have been mentioned that one of the Denarians attacked Arctus Tor, which allowed the infection from Leah to get to Maeve, potentially. Uh, and Mab is holding Nicodemus responsible for that. The thing that took her daughter is the what she is paying Nicodemus back for and taking his daughter and making him do it himself. Right. Well, Maeve's already well, infected before that. She's infected at least as of proven guilty. But that's because the same... of Leah. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. It's a, the the attack from the Denarian was part of the thing that was allowed Maeve to get infected during proven guilty. Says who? Says Harry in cold days. Well, Harry's wrong. <laughs> and Harry doesn't say that. Mab says that only that Leah transferred it to her. She doesn't say when or how. I don't even remember Mab saying that, just that Maeve was infected. Or not yeah, even... Maeve was... Because Harry brings it up and, and Mab goes, um, the you know, the athame, whatever, that your your godmother had. Ah. And she transferred it to her before I could set it right. Now, um, Leah doesn't have the athame anymore by the time Deadbeat rolls around. So... Okay. But, okay, so proven guilty. Summer night, and then... Leah is a she-sickle. Mab slows down time in Arctis Tor. They go down into Arctis Tor, and they lose a full day in the real world. So by the time that uh, a Denarian attacked Arctis Tor, Mab slows down time, Maeve has been infected from that exchange. At least that's how we're meant to view it. I don't think so. First of all, that's quick as hell for her to then be going, oh yeah, Mab's insane and having a conversation in Max about it. Like, she's infected that quick and it takes over that quick? I don't but think she, so. She was going with it willingly. Doesn't she matter. She wasn't fighting that's, the infection. That's still quick as fuck. More hey. likely, the attack clues Mab in on the fact that she's been taken because, you know, for the sake of argument, let's say you know, Mab's in charge of the, or Maeve is in charge of the defenses and she's letting these things through or fucking up her job and Mab gets clued in. Hey, something's wrong here because. Or, or she was grounded and they were trying to break her out because we still don't know what their objective was, right? No, we, we don't. don't know. If, we don't know if they even succeeded, just that they got in, caused a bunch of mayhem and got out. You know, yeah. so. But I do, I have absolutely no belief whatsoever that the attack was simply to get may have infected um she was infected before that because right out in my and mind. yeah and that was my understanding as well like i i see what you're saying about the the nemesis incursion and everything like that with arctis tour and i think there was some discussion of on like whether or not there was like it was going to be in the winter well right mm-hmm. and i think there had been some speculation about that but my my understanding is that leah infected Maeve. Um, and it would have, yeah, it would have happened sometime, presumably after summer night, you know, like that early, because she's got the athame from Grave Peril on. So, mm-hmm. well, what's what's crazy is like there are 
definitely unanswered questions because like, for example, we find out that, you know, Molly inherits a to-do list that's over a hundred years old and shit mm-hmm. like that. So we know Maeve's been fucking off for a while, but theoretically was only recently infected, you know, so it, so she was just a piece of work the entire time. And mm-hmm. with the fact that the mantle changes you to be a specific way, makes me wonder how much of that is her free will and how much of that's the mantle. And so, I mean, do we expect similar results from Molly? Like, those are all things where it's like, well, we got this piece and that piece and that piece, but how do these all tie together? We will have a full episode dedicated to that, probably. Hooray! Because we keep talking about Umaga Club. We're just gonna do the episode with that meme, the guy with the billboard and all the red lines. Yes, there you go. Yeah. I mean, we do have three months before the book still exactly. so that's six shows yeah just a little bit of, of content to come up with mm-hmm. all right so yeah harry's still going down everything that mab set up uh why molly was sent away um nicodemus getting his comeuppance marcone got to build the vault and spend a whole bunch of money get a whole bunch of money hades uh was the first depositor very likely and that act of trust got Marcone a whole bunch of more business, which is very lucrative. Nicodemus has lost his lieutenant, his daughter, and after all of this, Mab says things like, do you have a point, my knight? I just wanted you to know that I knew. Right. Yeah, because she gets revenge on him like three times, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, she because, was thorough. Right, because it was the daughter thing, it was the, the Accords thing, and then it was also, like, I know some of it went back to Hastings, but that was, like, the favor for a favor, but I feel like they had double-crossed her at some point earlier than that as well. But definitely, I mean, the two big ones were the, the kidnapping and the daughter, which mm-hmm. I'm not actually sure I had fully associated that. Like, it might have come up, and I just, it slipped my mind, but, like, that's crazy that it's, like, no, Deidre has to be the one because, you know, you're a big part of why I don't have Maeve. So, yes. like, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, some amount of it is definitely, you don't get to get away from Mab's wrath just by no longer being a signatory of the Accords. Right. You broke the Accords, you get your comeuppance. And now he's worth nothing. He doesn't have any reputation to fall back on. Right. Not that he really did, but... I mean, yeah, ultimately, he basically has nothing. Like, he might have a handful of denarians to help out still because, you know, that's but, a clicky and, crowd. But, like, Tess shouldn't be helping him. Her crowd shouldn't be helping him. So, at, yeah, the, and at she the least, there's a schism there. More of the crowd yeah. than he does at this point because Lashio, seemingly working with him for a while, is now right. trapped in the underworld. Ursio, trapped in the underworld. Who else? Right. That's it. Well, yeah, because, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't trust. Um, Thorn and Namshiel because mm-hmm. he knows that he was working with Nemesis, if not directly infected. Yeah. Um, Magog is Tess's uh, rocks. I was going to say Namshiel's coin, as far as we know, is still gone anyway. Well, yeah. Either Marcone has it oh, or Odin yeah. has it. Or... Yeah, so that okay. it was Shaggy Feathers instead with Magog and, and Iran. Yeah, yeah. Right. Not, not Thorn and Namshiel. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, there's 30 coins, and we still haven't, in the entire series, we haven't accounted for all of them. We've accounted for, like, 15 to 20 in the biggest of terms, so who knows? But, um, yeah, it seems it seems like from the ones we expect him to run with, you know, Cassius was another one, you know, so we don't know if that coin is is 
Solerio, right? Or something Solerio like that. is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know if that's back in circulation somewhere. He's probably still pissed and just taking the century off or something. But you know, like. It, but yeah, with he seems Ursula pretty isolated. Being uh, so quickly in circulation, Solerio's coin went back to the church because right. of death masks. So it should be in circulation if the other two are. Yeah, I just, I definitely assume anything the church had is in circulation. Like, yes. You know, they still got to talk about that probably in oh, these yeah. talks. So <laughs> that would be fun. All right. So uh, Harry is trying to force Marcone to not go after the other people involved in the robbery. And Marcone says, well, they violated my territory, but I think he should have been pushed back on that because they violated Marcone's territory on his like silent invitation for their plan against Nicodemus. Well, yeah, the pro I think the problem here is that like Marcone is trying to play mad and he's like, you know, even though we had this secret shady backwoods deal, you still had to do the thing and, you know, whatever. And, you know, it, what it ultimately comes down to is they were working for Nicodemus. So mm -hmm. that shit should all go back on Nicodemus. Yes, it should. Dresden should not have had to pay a wear guild or anything like that because that's the way that it's worked before. It should all, have been Nicodemus paying the wear guild, yes. Right. Yeah, like all like anytime the alphas have been employed with Dresden, anytime any of Dresden's people have been involved, it's all or fallen two, on Dresden. Mouse. You know, so yeah. but it's basically like, here's your money, you're gonna like it, or I'm gonna fuck you up. And yeah. you know, I'll figure it out. You know, and then Marcone's like, Yeah, I'm not really that scared of you, but okay. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, because so, even hand. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry gives him the cash box full of diamonds. It landed with an impressive thump, and he says it's Weregild. Uh, Harry asks, "You know the word?" And Marcone says, "It's Salic Code, blood money." So I looked up Salic Code because I was bored. Mm -hmm. uh, that was a legal thing somewhere. I can't remember what centuries. Something in old France. It's more known for saying that women cannot inherit uh, landed property, uh, but somewhere in there, they also described the wear guild as you have to give blood for, or give money for someone who you've killed, or even, uh, I think even just drew blood in a fight. But that was an older tradition coming more from the Germanic Scandinavian things. Mm -hmm. It's just written down for the first time. By the yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. So, uh, it's for your dead employee's family. Take care of them with it. Leave my people out of it. It ends here. Or we're going to disagree right here, right now, right in front of Map and dishonor her. Right. Molly opens up the uh, cash box and the diamonds just kind of glow. And even Marcone, who has way too much money, uh, is like kind of dazzled by it. Uh, I wonder how rich Marcone is. Is he white court rich? I think he's got, yeah, it seems, it seems, so this is an inference, but it seems like they are put on similar power levels multiple times through the thing, right? Like, if you think about, you know, judge a, judge a man by his enemies as, as much as his allies, like Marcone and the White Court are doing the shadow boxing thing in Chicago, especially in, Dres in Dresden's absence. So he's got to be at least somewhere on their level a little bit. It's been said that he's got, um, you know, national and potentially international connections. Obviously, um, him working with Monarch is, is a sign of the international connections. So, you know, I, I'd be, I'd put him in the billionaire category for sure. 
um, you know, like the white court thing is more like they're a family. So it's like, it's not just a mob family. They're like a legitimate, you know, like flesh and blood family. So I'm sure they have immense resources. You know, they certainly span at least from here back to Italy. Um, I mean, they're basically like with the whole white card thing. They're basically like they basically have cards with like you can just use infinite amount of money. Yes, but with a credit card, you can use money that doesn't exist and then pay it off later. That's how you build credit. I'm a grown up. <laughs> One and not just that, but who knows what other means the white court has, right? Because you know. If it's electronic and they're able to just manipulate the system and people, it literally doesn't matter. It's all, you know, fake ones and zeros anyway. Also, um, what we saw in the vault, I don't think we saw Macon's vault, but we did see the White Court's vault. And lots it of it was just filled there. with cash, filled yeah. and filled very, with money. Very rich. Very rich. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and if, if you haven't been following the memes about, you know, Jeff Bezos and things like that anyway, like a billion dollars is still like an unthinkable amount of money to most people, let alone if he's got several of those billions, you know, so it, I, it would still be like you could go and buy everything you could possibly think of and imagine for the next hour and you probably wouldn't scratch the surface. So having a blank white card, you it's know, the, it's the, it's the Tres, Comas, Tres Comas Club. Kudos to anyone who gets that reference. You watch good TV. So There's a billionaire in yeah. Silicon Valley. It's three commas, and he's like, uh, I'm probably Tres okay. uh, Forever, how much dollars that Marcone can claim, I don't think he's just getting richer. I think whatever he has, other than keeping everything comfortable so he has the giant nest egg, is being spent on the infrastructure that he actually cares about, like uh, even hand level of wizard-proof doors. Also, you know, moving a castle from wherever the hell he got it, brick <laughs> yeah. by brick, to fucking you know, the Chicago. day that uh, Harry was found to be dead or something. Right. I I'm beginning to suspect a little bit of she involvement in that. So you know, it, I don't know. Hmm. Maps there. You know, like it, it's possible he had some you know non mortal help. Well, not including the Iron Yard. I don't know. That would be yeah. interesting to find out. Hopefully we'll find out in Peace Talks. So okay, that's a stretch, but still, you know, like it, it's one of those, it's one of those questions. I mean, really, like I that's part of what I appreciate about the Dresden files, but it's gonna break my heart someday when it happens and he finally puts down the pen for the last time and there's still gonna be twelve thousand unanswered questions. Like, how did Marcone get that castle there? Like, what about this? What about that? What about you know, who fixed little Chicago? I'm is he yeah. is he gonna lost us? <laughs> I don't think Jim wouldn't do it. It's it happens. It's every every good author has that, dude. You're always going to have your unanswered questions, and part of part of it is to drive the imagination. Part of it is maybe you don't have the answer, and you well, know there's I mean, multiple things. I'll give Jim but... credit. He probably has the answer somewhat. He has an idea about them, and if sure. he doesn't, if he someone doesn't manage to put them in the book because it doesn't fit, he'll he'll answer in a Q and A once he's done with the book. Probably. Well, and we and we hope maybe he'll do a I compendium so. or something too, right? But it's stuff like the castle thing that it's like, unless it's plot relevant, where yeah. the hell would he ever bring this up? You know, yeah. unless it comes up in a short story from Marcone, which, you know, he's sworn off at least for a few years, but is obviously still writing some, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens, but. Right. He's got to so, make the next side cases book. Yeah. Right, so we've got side jobs and briefcases. So now we've got side, side cases. cases. Is that <laughs> that's book three? Uh, 
there's a little bit more of a showdown between Harry and Marcone. Is it just you remember who pulled your ass out of the fire when those maniacs grabbed you? You owe me. Marcone says you did so as a favor to Mab, not directly to me. However, the fact uh, that there is a debt remains, I would not see Mab's name suffer any childish diminishment when she has kept such, such excellent faith with me. This balances our account. Do you understand my meaning? So they're supposed to be more like enemies, even though probably what's going to happen is I'm going to help you because you being yourself is going to hurt my enemies more. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it resets the count, right? Mm -hmm. I, you don't get to hold your favor over me. I'm not going to hold anything over you. We don't like each other, but, you know, of course, we're going to probably wind up on the same side again because yeah. that's the whole series so far. Yeah. And then Harry and Molly leave and go to the hospital. Molly has uh, been talking about buying up the whole neighborhood around her parents' house, and at least one of them, and they're now going to be under 24-hour supervision by people who can actually help them against physical uh, threats that versus the angels that are just going to stand there and be happy when something else happens. Right. Yeah. Any kind of supernatural threat, they'd be all over it, but that doesn't help when there's a normal jackass going to rob the place. Right. I mean, I think, it, I don't even think it's any, any non-mortal, right? Because if it's like a wizard, he's a mortal, he can choose for himself, so they can't interfere. But, uh, because it's about not interfering with free will, right? For the, the angels? Yeah. Yeah, so they would have, they can't interfere with mortals that have free will. Uh, apparently things would have been confusing if Grey had tried to enter. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, for example, wizards are mortals, right? Yes. But they're also supernaturally powered. Yes. So if, if, if an evil wizard decided to attack the Carpenter household, the angels could not get involved, even though he's supernatural. I I don't think so. No, because it's, be it's dampen the I mean, magic. I'm thinking since he's mortal, they just they're just like we can't. Right. I I agree. I I think if Harry decided to attack him for whatever reason, they'd leave it alone, because Uriel gives him the same kind of free will that all the other mortals enjoy. So it's the angels again. The angels are hard counters against demons and you know fallen angels they're not hard counters against even other supernatural creatures in in the most places so you know like it i'm not even sure that they would stop a vampire attack right pick, yeah, pick one what if what if know, a like, a wizard summons a immortal wizard summons outsiders or normal demons I think I think they would violently put down, you know, the outsiders for sure. I think the I think they would fight the demons potentially, but that's I mean you can see that in play, right? Nicodemus used mortal goons and mortal fire. Like he didn't even remotely try to attack them with magic yeah. uh, <laughs> or anything like that, and Tessa he did didn't not try. get directly involved in any way, shape, or form. Um, so yeah, it's it's just you know uh, they're a hard a counter a against. Area. I mean, I'm not, the rules not entirely clear. I feel there. Yeah, there's a lot of gray area, probably. But uh, right, Harry asks Molly if she can afford the threat of buying up the whole place and having 24-hour supervision on the Carpenter house, and she says the account balance I have now has eight zeros in it. But Harry has nothing until he sells off some diamonds because he's not smart enough to ask for it. But if he pointed out that it's a job and he should get money, Map should probably uh, give him something somehow. 
Yeah, but it's Harry. Give him a retainer, yeah. man. And For God's sake, you got like so much money. The ability and to pay rent. And he's about to get a bunch of back pay from the from the warden gig. So, man, imagine imagine being the White Council and having to pay for the, uh, the, the winter night. That is like yeah, we two jobs, man. Harry's finally gonna make it rich. Woo! Harry points out that unseely bodyguards are not going to make her parents happy. Is that they don't have to be happy. They don't even have to know about it, which is becoming a pattern of Molly resolving things back from her parents. Right. But they're her family, and she can't let anything bad happen to them. And then she goes away and starts playing on her phone, which she's not supposed to be on her do. phone. Right. Her smartphone. And right. just be Molly and be like not being able to use technology because moral wizard. And then you can all of a sudden. He's like, yeah! Woo! I know. This is better than yeah, having I, winter matching. I've got a smartphone. I know it's not going to be like this, but it'd be hilarious as shit to find out that she's just doing it through an illusion. And she's just like, dude, Harry, you never even thought of all the things you could do with magic. I made a magic smartphone, you sucker. That uh, would be fun. But it's it's not going to be the answer. It's a clue about her, how mortal she is. So. Mm-hmm. Uh he goes into Murphy's hospital room and Butters is there regaling his personal Star Wars of there is no try and the evil bitch fails. Fails. Um, Murphy that, doesn't that's really... That's why EG had to leave. is because he couldn't, yeah, he couldn't, he couldn't listen couldn't, to us talk about Butters. The, the butters yeah. He knew it was coming up. Yeah. <laughs> Murphy doesn't believe him. He's like, you were telling me lie after lie until Harry says, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> and with lightsaber sounds and everything. Damn, why did you have to leave? This has been so much fun. <laughs> uh, Harry goes butters into showing Murphy the lightsabers. Like, it, is that okay? Just, wouldn't that be cheating? So you're not showing off. You are confirming her faith. <laughs> I mean, if, if if Harry ever wanted to give up the wizarding gig, he could be a PR guy. No. He's good anyway. at putting a, yeah, that's you a, know, that's a good How many buildings thing. would he burn down if he had to go to various companies and it's like, yeah, sure, you can do anything you want. See, I'm going to light this candle. <laughs> um, Butters is going to be getting training by like Charity and Michael, and he's going to have to do the big thing of hunting down monsters. And Murphy and Harry are like, it's going to be a big job. Are you really sure you can do that? Right. And he thinks he can, because he has to do something. But seriously, a Jewish knight of the cross? Well, we had a, a Jewish fallen angel, so why not? So. Yeah, that was nice symmetry there, too. Right. <laughs> oh, and, and an Asher. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, just had to, uh, I mean, we uh, it's it's funny that that comes up, too, because, you know, Shiro, and it's like, you know, like, I, I don't know, how... how Christian, do you have to be to be a knight of the cross? Apparently, not very. So yeah, yeah the atheist, black Russian, right, right. Okay. Like it's ob obviously been well established and early on that the 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 like denomination doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. he's not so. atheist. He's agnostic. Good point. There is a difference. Good point. He was an atheist commie when he got the sword. He says he's agnostic. I don't think he ever <laughs> says he's atheist. Yes, he did. No. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, well, now it's just a scene of kissing. Which, is this yeah. a kissing book? <laughs> Apparently. At least a little bit. Um, 
uh, Karen is essentially just trying to get Harry to take care of himself, and he tells her to shut up by making her shut up with kissing. And Rollins is outside listening to the nurses trying to get them to stop. He's like, oh, yeah, this is a problem, sure. Rollins mm-hmm. is good, even this is the only bit we get to see of him in the book. Right. He's, he's definitely one of my favorites, so. Yes. He's very good at being deadpan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Karen didn't know that Harry had slipped half the diamonds into a couple of knotted off socks. Then uh, it's about 10 at night. Harry is at the carpenter's house and it had become a very gentle evening, almost even muggy. They're sitting on the porch drinking beers. Maggie has fallen asleep on Harry's lap and Mouse is sleeping on his feet again. Mm -hmm. And Harry wouldn't move even for another third beer. Karen is probably going to be able to recover to 90%, maybe not perfectly wherever she was. But... She'll be fine once she becomes a Valkyrie. Right, definitely. Yeah, so. I like the idea. <laughs> Michael's pretty happy, the only regret being that Nick got away with the Grail, but we have four out of five artifacts, so that can't be too bad. And he didn't get one of the weaponized ones. The they are all here. probably a weapon. Right. Less weaponized. Yeah, isn't, would, it, isn't the Grail mythically supposed to be like immortality or something, or is that just Indiana uh, Jones? I'm gonna bet just Indiana Jones. No, it's. Oh, I mean, that's it's why the Conquistadors like it's a. It was a big part of their thing. There was like an entire campaign about finding the the Holy Grail and the Fountain of Youth. I, I might be conflating the two things a little bit, but. I mean, it's been sought after for multiple reasons for that, but yeah. I, I know... Arthur, Arthurian, why did they want the Holy Grail? Just because? I mean, it was, it was a holy colors. artifact as much as anything, so okay. yeah. But Harry's going to keep the four that they have and research them and see how and when they should be used and otherwise keep them safe in the deepest vault of Demon Rage. Michael says, did you ever possibly think of giving them back to the church? All things considered, nope. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they can't seem to be hold, hold on to anything, so... I mean. Yeah. Uh, but Michael thinks that he might be right. Uh, that he fears corruption, because even for something that's meant to be in circulation, the coins got out way too fast. Right. But, uh, then you'll understand this, Michael says, and calls for little Harry by the name of Hank, and he comes uh, carrying Amarachius, and he gives it back to Harry. You are its keeper again, Michael says. I just, uh, when I read that, the like, I don't know if that was the first time or when one of the rereads, it's like, man, I bet Harry's like, oh boy, here we go again. Yeah. It, Harry's like, but I did such an amazing job last time when the Fidelacius got broken. But Harry did a decent job, according to Michael. It was Karen taking it on herself and she used it wrong when Harry had only given it to Karen for the single purpose of going to Chichen Itza and saving Maggie. Yep. Harry wonders if he even has clear judgment anymore, which a swords keeper really needs. Because of the winter mantle, because of Mab, he's worried that he's losing what he is. He's only had the job for a couple of years. So what is he going to do if he turns into a monster Michael says that you're thinking of it the wrong way. What are you going to do if Mab can't turn you into a monster? That was a positive note to end the, the book on. Yeah. 
I don't know. I don't think he'll have to turn into a monster, but I think I'll save that for our mantle-specific episode because it's going to be... Also sleepy-ons. Yes. Maggie is sleeping on him and emitting sleepy-ons, and probably so is Mouse. But otherwise, he just takes on Marrakis and, and he's like back into the groove of what he should be as Harry Dresden in Chicago. Do you guys okay. think you'll have Gadget's next book? Oh, yeah. Uh, he's got a stupid amount of money. He's got a decent amount of time. He's got access to... Not a lot of time has passed. That's why I'm thinking, has he got Gadget yet? He's yeah, got access to the Spart Elves directly. They like mm-hmm. to do things for money. Money can mm-hmm. be exchanged for goods and services. Of which he now has. But maybe this and, is his way of getting broke again. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's that's one of the main theories that I've seen and ascribed to is that Harry's not going to be just sitting on a giant amount of wealth. I think I think he's going to have, I think he's going to be graduated from the, the starving PI that he was early on, right? I don't think he's going to have FU money, but I think he's going to be like, I don't have to worry about getting a cab or eating or whatever, which he mostly hasn't had to worry Maggie's about for tuition. a while anyway. Right, stuff is stuff is taken care of, but that's another good point. He's putting her in a special magic, you know, charter school. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure he's going to pay for protection, but my understanding is that he's going to be inheriting Molly's uh, place, um, so he's going to be right there in Spartoff Town. Yeah, and... he's going to be there, um, like he was for was it jury duty? I think it mentioned he was living there, zoo day and whatnot. Yeah, um, something. What, yeah. Yeah, but he does probably need to get his own place again. Or he sure. could just marry Murphy, move into that place that has a very nice... Uh, Solid threshold. That one, threshold, because mm-hmm. it was a family home and they can be a family together. Right, there you go. And totally not have to worry about defending Michael's place and her place and, you know... Man, imagine being, being the kid that's bullying Harry and, and Murphy's daughter. <laughs> right. They could just make a compound, a Carpenter, Dresden, Murphy compound. There you go. Yeah, they should do that. Man, that sounds good. So let's not progress the story any further. Just give me shenanigans from there with the kids. I'll be happy. Someone gonna plug our shit? No. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> this has been the Dresden Files podcast. Uh, we're part of the Broken Jars Network. It's Is that all eight episodes? This has been eight episodes on eight one book of Skin Game. It's important. A lot of stuff happened, and Peace Talks is going to be just as bad, dude. Especially after as long as we waited. Like, there's going to be backstory. We've still got to talk about outsiders. You know, just all sorts of stuff. Um, so anyway, um, check us out. Go to brokenjars.xyz. Um, for the most part, I think we're it at the moment. Uh, I don't know. DMs anonymous. You guys record yet? No, I no. asked Jacob actually uh, if we're gonna record a while ago, and he was like, "I don't know." And yeah, I haven't heard from the other host and stuff, so I don't know there, what's happening. There's been a lot of real life stuff. Don't touch your face. Wash your hands. Mm-hmm. Click on the drive through RPG link, uh, not .rpg. The drive through RPG link in the description, and you know, catch us on Reddit and Twitter and email and Facebook and everywhere. I actually caught up on the Facebook, so you're welcome. Ooh, yeah, I know. That's what uh, quarantine is good for, catching up on Facebook. Uh, yeah, that's totally what did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, otherwise, we, we have the missing 100th episode next time because I found it. It's fine. I found it. Hooray. Yay.
کے